Our scripture lesson for this morning comes from the book of Hebrew, the letter to the Hebrews. Uh, it is chapter 11. I think it will be a familiar one to you. I'll read verses 1 through 3 and 8 through 16. Listen for the word of the Lord. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith he received power of procreation, even though he was too old, and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on earth, for people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. Thanks be to God for the reading and the hearing of this portion of his holy word. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. To you be all praise and glory as we pray in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. One day a man went fishing from a pier. Just down the way a bit was another man who was doing a strange thing. With every fish he caught, he would take out a ruler and measure the fish, and then he would throw some back and keep the others. The first man kept watching the second who was measuring his fish, and he noticed that the guy would throw the larger fish back and keep only the smaller ones. Finally, his curiosity just got the best of him, and, and he went down to ask the man what he was doing. And the man replied, well... I'm measuring each fish to see if it's 10 inches long or not. And if it's less than 10 inches, I keep it. But if it's more than 10 inches, I throw it back. Well, why do you do that? Asked the first man. It would seem to me that you'd keep the big ones and throw the little ones back. Oh, it's simple, he said. I only have a 10-inch skillet. A lot of people only have a 10-inch mind. They have a hard time considering anything unless it fits into their own frame of reference. 
Yet the people who have made the world a better place have always been ones who have gone beyond the borders of present reality. They have seen things that they've not yet been able to grasp, and they have believed things that they've not been able to prove. Let's look at our scripture lesson from the 11th chapter of Hebrews, a chapter regarded by many as the greatest chapter of faith in the Bible. One by one, it lifts up the stories of people who lived by faith, people like Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and even the prostitute Rahab. And one by one, as it lifts up the stories of these people, it invites us to believe that what once was considered impossible wound up being very possible after all. One of the lines that I especially like in this chapter is found in the 13th verse. This time is translated in the New English Bible. It says about those great people of faith, they were not yet in possession of the things promised but they saw them far ahead and hailed them. In other words, things that had not yet happened, things that were basically beyond the realm of possibility, these were precisely the things that the great people of faith dared to believe in and to consider possible. As people of faith, we cannot allow ourselves as individuals or as a congregation to rest comfortably on our past. Nor can we allow ourselves to be content with things as they are. People of faith are always on the move toward God's future as we've glimpsed it from afar. Well, what might that mean for us? Three things. First, we must always be moving out. That's our calling. Our number one priority must be reaching out and sharing the good news with others who do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior and have an active membership in a local church. Plain and simple, inviting unchurched people to church so they can meet the Lord and experience life as part of a community of faith. There are so many unchurched people in our midst today many of whom we already know, and many of whom would dearly love to find a warm and welcoming church family that will care about them and meet their spiritual needs. We must always be moving out. But that's not enough. It takes more to be faithful and fruitful Christians than moving out. We must also be moving in. Before Christians can faithfully and fruitfully move out to the world, we must first be in a living and vital relationship with the Lord. It is only as we open ourselves to Christ's presence, only as we seek God's will for us, only as we become receptive to the power of the Holy Spirit, that we can do anything else at all as Christians. History makes it abundantly clear that those Christians and those congregations which have made real differences in the lives of people have always been people committed to prayer and Bible study. Methodist Christians have always been dedicated to moving in 
toward power. Finally, we must keep moving on. In addition to moving out and moving in, if we are to be faithful and fruitful as individual Christians and as a congregation during the months and years ahead, we must keep moving on. People of faith never stop moving. Disciples of Jesus Christ must always be moving forward toward that which we've glimpsed from afar, God's future. The great English preacher Leslie Weatherhead told about his visit to the place in London where John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, had his famous Aldersgate experience. Although, as Kathy and I discovered several years ago when we went there, only a small plaque on the side of a building marks that spot today. At the time of Weatherhead's visit, the small chapel still stood. Dr. Weatherhead said that on the side of one of the pews in the dimly lit chapel was a small plaque with a tiny light over it. The plaque read, on this spot, on May 24, 1738, John Wesley's heart was strangely warmed. Being there in that special place was a moving moment to him, and he wanted to bask in the glow of it for a while. So he walked back down and sat down on the, on the last pew to pray and to reflect upon the experience. Suddenly the door of the chapel opened and in came an old man with a cane wearing a heavy and tattered overcoat. The old man, not seeing Weatherhead in the darkness of that chapel, walked slowly down the center aisle. When he reached the John Wesley pew, he noticed the plaque. Curious, he walked over, bent down, and read the words out loud. On this spot, on May 24, 1738, John Wesley's heart was strangely warmed. Immediately, the old man dropped to his knees, looked up, and said, Do it again, Lord. Do it again. We're not sure what happened to John Wesley at Aldersgate. That kind of ex spiritual experience is hard to describe. But we do know that heartwarming experience gave Wesley a new energy, a new purpose, and a new power. Somehow, the fire of the Holy Spirit set John Wesley aflame and moved him forward into God's future. Friends, that old man's prayer could well be our prayer today. What a great future it will be if we will blend our voices together and petition the Almighty with one accord. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. Let us pray. Lord, help us to envision the future as exceptionally as you do and move us forward into that future which you hold. In Jesus' name, amen.